Hey there, and welcome to the Unlikely Artist Podcast, where I'll teach you how to gain the freedom you need to become who you want, instead of who you've been telling yourself you need to be. I'm Heather Kerr. I went from international tax to art and coaching because those are the things I've been yearning to do. Listen in to find out how you can start doing what you love to in slow, easy steps each week. Let's dive in now. Hello, Savvy Souls. You know, sometimes when you encounter a learning and it's so easy and so profound and the feeling of it is so transformative that you have to share it, that's where I am today. So I was down at the Omega Institute in Upper New York State which is only a, about a six and a half hour drive from where I am. And I was thrilled because I went to see two of my favorite creatives, Elizabeth Gilbert, who I'm sure all of you know is the author of Eat, Pray, Love and Big Magic, and Rob Bell, who is one of my all-time favorites. He is the host of The Robcast he has this brilliant and amazingly creative mind. He's kind of all over the map in his thought processes, a little bit like I feel like I am. And I'm sure listening to him has been the source of many of my podcast episodes here. Um, but listening to the two of them over this three-day period had me just filled with ideas. And today I'm going to talk about one of them and I'm going to replicate what they taught us fairly closely because I think it's very, very profound and incredibly simple and useful. In my coaching practice, and then just as a human being going through life, I've never encountered a client and I've never been in a situation myself when I wouldn't notice myself or my client at some point being super hard on ourselves. We just, in this society, have somehow been schooled to think that the way we progress, the way we advance, the way we become better, the way we can be productive, the way we can carry on a meaningful life is to be constantly criticizing ourselves, constantly feeling bad about what we've done, putting ourselves done, and being driven by the need to do better. And in some cases, it can end up in some pretty deep self-loathing. In other cases, it can just be something that is there that just jumps in from time to time to dim our light and cause us to not offer what we could be offering to the world in that particular moment. This has been an ongoing struggle, and I've read and recommended books like Love Yourself Like Your Life Depended on It, and I have found momentary peace in some of the offerings in books like this, but the mantras and the practices seem to not stick. 
they tend to lighten the load sometimes, but they don't seem to stick. But Elizabeth Gilbert had us do an exercise and I'm going to describe it to you because I, what I want you to do is listen to this episode in a place where you can actually do this exercise, listen to what I say now, and then pause and try it out. So here's what I want you to do. I want you to get a piece of paper and a pencil or pen or whatever you're comfortable with. And I want you to close your eyes and put your pen or pencil in your non-dominant hand. So if you're right-handed, that would be your left hand and vice versa. And then what I want you to do is draw a portrait of yourself. Just set the timer for say three minutes, close your eyes, never open them, use your non-dominant hand and draw a portrait of yourself. Okay. So I want you to pause this episode and try that. Okay. Have you tried it? I want you to look at the drawing of yourself. My first thought about my drawing was, oh my God, she looks so pathetic and so lost. So what Elizabeth Gilbert said that she says about her drawing of herself is she's here and she needs my care. If she's not okay, I'm not okay. It's pretty hard to be mad at yourself when you look at this drawing that you made of yourself. When I did my drawing, I made a note beside it and I said, the innocence inside me. I hope when you look at your drawing, you feel that innocence inside of you peering out. Notice, as Elizabeth Gilbert told us, how when we meet ourselves in this way, in this very imperfect, eyes closed, non-dominant, non-perfect way, we can be so forgiving of that part of us. We become anything innocent that we've ever loved, a favorite pet, a baby, a wounded bird under a tree, any pet videos or baby videos or anytime you've seen a creature and thought, oh, and you just had that heart-stirring feeling about it. When we draw ourselves like this, it's like we can see the scared, uncertain, unsure, non-confident child inside us. And we can develop a bit of sympathy for her or him or them. We can see ourselves in a way that causes us to feel compassion instead of criticism. So now I'd like you to go to the next part of this exercise. Give that drawing of yourself a name. Uh, I called mine Little Sweetum because that's what my mother used to say to me. But people had names like Sweet Pea and oh, it was just like hilarious little kind of nicknames that you might give a loved one or a pet. 
And then what I want you to do, as we were told to do, write a letter to it, write a letter to this image of yourself, this named part of you. And in that letter, write everything that this part of you needs to hear right in the moment, that you love it, that it's going to be okay, that it's safe with you, that you'll protect it, that it's doing the best job it can, write to it the way a loving mother would write to a treasured child. So pause again and do that. You might be feeling cynical about this exercise. Don't do that to yourself. Just try it and see what happens. So once you've done this, I want you to keep that picture that you've drawn and the letter you've written in a spot where you can refer to it as you need to. And the next time you start scolding yourself, I want you to bring this picture of yourself to mind and ask yourself, would I say that to her, to this pathetic little innocent childlike creature who's relying on me to love her? So now if you're like a lot of my clients and like me, you have what I call a lawyer brain. That doesn't mean that you were ever a lawyer. What it means is you have a brain that likes to reason and make arguments. So if your lawyer brain is kicking in now and you want to make arguments about how the ways that you criticize yourself or the way you might be criticizing yourself in this moment are correct, I want you to cross-examine that critic. I want you to poke some holes in her arguments. I want you to be opposing counsel. Here are some failure mantras that Rob Bell guide us to ask ourselves when we believe there's something wrong about us, that the choices we've made are wrong, that we've done it wrong, and that we need to be doing better. The first question he suggests we ask ourselves is, how else would I know? If I hadn't tried that, hadn't done that, how else would I have discovered that it was a path that didn't work for me, that it was uh, a lesson I needed to learn that wouldn't be easy? How else would I know what I now know and am now using to scold myself? Like We always want to take what we've learned now to judge ourselves at a time we didn't know that thing. So how else would I know? Another great question was, is there another me I can study? The answer is no. There's no alternative universe where you did everything right that you get to confer with. There's just you in the world making decisions as you can, doing the best you can with what you know in the moment. And that's the only you there is. That's who there is. Why try to pretend there's this alternative universe with another you that you measure yourself against? Another great question was, 
how did I think that would go? The answer to this is usually, oh, I thought it was going to be easy. I thought it would be straightforward. I thought my business would be immediately successful or I'd get that job or, or my relationship would last or, you know, my kid would get into the Olympics or whatever it is that we were expecting. And then we realize, ah, huh, that expectation, you know, wasn't coming from a wise place. I was actually a bit of an idiot, right? Of course, it wasn't going to go like that. That's just not how life works. So that's a great question to ask yourself. Another thing to notice is when you're saying with deep regret, oh, if I only knew then what I know now. And what Rob made us notice about that question, which is a favorite question of mine, because I'm always on a path of growth and evolution. And then I learn things and then I use it as ammunition against myself. Like, oh my God, like, why didn't I do it this way before? Well, I didn't know then. And then I criticize myself saying, well, if I only knew then what I know now. But that sentence by definition means that I'm learning. That's all we can ask ourselves of savvy souls is to explore life with an open mind, a beginner's mind, and to learn as we go. And if that's what our life is like, it's not fair to take what we know now and use it as ammunition to judge ourselves as that shouldn't have happened if only I knew. Another, I thought, very insightful comment he made is when we're thinking, I can't believe I did that. He said, notice how there's two eyes in that. There's the eye who's noticing that I did something that wasn't up to my standards, wasn't consistent with my values or my self-perception about who I am and who I should be. So it comes from a wise part of us. It's an expression of, hey, sometimes I am going to do things wrong, things that don't live up to my standards. And that's okay. There's always the part of me that's noticing that. And that's a good thing. And the final question that he suggested we ask ourselves was, I wonder how this episode will end. It's really interesting. If you look back over your life and you look at all the bends and turns in your life, um, you can map out kind of like all the bad things that happened. They end up being pivotal moments in our lives. They end up being growth moments. They end up being the moments that lead us on to newer and better things, more evolved things, more us being who we want to be. And so this question, I wonder how the episode ends, is really interesting because the bad thing that happened or that you think you did wrong or the way that you're stuck is just where you are right now. What's the next bend in the road for you? What's the next turn that you're going to take? Where is your life going to lead? That question can lead you to thinking about 
what's next? What's the next step I can take? So Savvy Souls, I just loved this drawing exercise and then these failure mantras as Rob Bell labeled these questions. I don't usually do this where I'm pretty much translating an exact teaching I've learned without my own extra spin on it. But I was just a student there. I was taking it in and I found these exercises so healing and so profound. I wanted to share them with you. And from the sense I got of Elizabeth Gilbert and Rob Bell and how beautiful they are as human beings in this world, on this planet, I have no doubt they will be happy with me sharing this so that more people can hear their wisdom. Love you guys and have a beautiful week. See you next time. Bye now. So if you're energized by the possibilities you're hearing about on this podcast, but you're wondering how it's possible to actually make what you've been fantasizing about doing actually happen, I'd love you to join me for a free strategy session where we'll talk about coaching together. We'll explore how you can start making what you want possible by taking small, easy steps that add up to something amazing. Just click on the link in the show notes below this episode to book your free call. I'd love to meet you live. And all my listeners, remember, it's finally your time to do what you want. <laughs>